Did you hear that? Was it the horror comedy podcast with Jake and Haley? Oh my god, it was. This podcast is for inhalation use only. And that means it's not for kids. <laughs> I'm not gonna try to say I'm not the glass killer. You're, I, you're Bongzilla. I have that's like, really good. That's actually very good. I have actually broken two cups while recording the podcast. They were yeah. both IKEA cups. Whoa! All right. Don't, I recorded. Don't throw that shaded IKEA. The IKEA first does good stuff. Yeah, it's not their fault. Know. I'm a fucking monster. It's the horror comedy podcast with Jake. And Haley, it's the podcast where we get stoned and we try to tell you scary stories. Um, and I tried to scare Jake. I don't know if you've seen it on Instagram, but there's some influencers. There's one named Eden Doll, one named Jasmine White Rose, and one named Jocelyn Flawless. They're oh, trans women, cool. and they were actually jumped. It was like a hate crime. Oh. And some like bystanders, like cis people, like you or I, like filmed it and posted it on Instagram, like on their lives. And they were like, okay, so they got these women Mm -hmm. got robbed, Mm -hmm. beaten, Mm -hmm. threatened. Mm -hmm. One of them got their heads cracked open the whole time. These cis people are filming it and yelling things like, oh, she's a man, like slurs, slurs, nasty slurs posted it on Instagram live. The crazy thing is that there was like five men involved five men doing the mugging the robbing the beating whatever still haven't been arrested no warrants out even we have their faces on video we know who it is um so i just wanted to take a second and say black trans lives matter this is fucking disgusting cis people we can do better we can do better i mean if i saw something cis people cisgender so you're what's that that's just like a there's not any fluidity or anything there it's just like you identify as like a man or a woman so it's called what? Cisgendered. Cis. Yeah, like CIS. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, damn. Stay woke, people. Stay woke. But cisgender, I mean, cis people can do better. Um, I hope that I'm enough of an ally and I have enough courage that if I ever see something like that happen, I will step in. Oh, yeah. Well, that's fucked up because they were all yelling. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Man, like the and batters. they didn't. You don't even have to be brave enough to step in yourself, but like. We see white people call the cops all the time for way less than that, you know? Oh, I call the cops all the time. It's hard for me to believe that... Be like, yo, there's a house being broken into? I'm going to call the cops. Yeah. And these there's people... There's a school being broken into behind your house? I'm going to call, call the cops. So if you see maybe... If you see a trans person getting jumped, maybe you should call the cops. Or maybe, maybe. you should step in. You should call the cops. Maybe you should do something maybe besides yell slurs. you should step in and possibly get your ass beat. Maybe, because that but looks better then, than... It would take the beating off that person. I don't know. I don't know. All I'm saying is black trans lives matter. Just wanted to take a second and touch on that because um, I've, I have been a little quiet lately, to be honest with you. And I think that's my privilege speaking and me wanting to just get right into the podcast, to be honest, which is mm-hmm. fucked up. Um, so I just wanted to take a second and say that. And are you ready, Jake? I'm ready. Oh, how are you? I didn't Good. ask you. Hi. You hi? Yes. We Very took dabs. Political content. Mm-hmm. 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 So this week I wanted to do something a little different. I would say that maybe some people wouldn't consider this outright scary. It is part of my interest. I like to include research about the strange, the abnormal, the afterlife. 
I'd like to tell you about things that make you consider other possibilities than what you started. And that's scary. It is scary, <laughs> huh? So this one is not, I mean, arguably you could say it's not scary. You could use your personal belief system and say it's not uh, real. It's not going to be scary. But as every single episode, I urge you to suspend your disbelief, enjoy the ride, and hear the curious story of Virginia Burns. Ooh. Do you hear that intro, people? That's a fucking... Got, 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 10 out of 10. I didn't have a script for that, so I'm very yeah, happy that. Yeah, that was fucking good. That got me in the feels, good, touched me good, in the genitals. Good, good. Like, that was great. Good. Virginia Burns was born August 20, uh, no, April 27th. No, <laughs> no. no. and we <laughs> fucked up already. <laughs> April t- <laughs> Go off script, baby. <laughs> April 27th, 1923 in Madison, Wisconsin. Oh, don't go to Wisconsin. She's not going to stay there for long. Don't go there. She's not going to stay there for long. Oh. She lived with her aunt in Chicago after her parents got divorced, where she attended Northwestern University, and she fell in love. At 20 years old, she married an American soldier. Don't get excited, because he died in the war one year later. Wow, okay. Virginia wanted a fresh start, and it was time... horrible. Horrible. It was time for her to have a family. After all, it's 1923, and she's like 21, so if we adjust it for inflation, her eggs are drying up. Drying up. Big time for 1923. Give me baby. I should have had six kids by now. I should have done better right before I was deployed. (laughs) So Virginia moved to Denver, Colorado. Hey-oh. And she met Hugh Brian Teague. Uh-oh. He was a, a successful businessman. successful big-nutted man. <laughs> who swept her off her feet. Literally. They, f- they fell in love. They wed, and they went on to have three children. Wasting no time. When Virginia is 27 or 29, I, I read varying reports, the Tiggy family moved to Pueblo, Colorado. And this is where they made the mistake. <laughs> Just kidding, we like Pueblo. I love Pueblo. The Tiggy settled into Pueblo, and they began to make some friends. One of their friends was Maury Bernstein. Don't know, personally. <laughs> In 1890, Bernstein heard that the only steel mill west of the Mississippi was in Pueblo. And he had bears, the Bernstein bears. <laughs> so to Pueblo, Murray went. He opened a junkyard scrap metal thingy called Bernstein Brothers. <laughs> I'm going to show you this. Bernstein Bears, brothers. Okay, Jake. Does this look familiar? Oh, yeah. I've thrown up on that wall many a times. (laughs) I think I probably peed on it. It's for the Bernstein Bros. I I don't think I did. It's for the Bernstein Bros. It's real fancy. Yeah. Um, That was restored, but that's been there since like 1890. Um, So, yeah, it's that thing. We've seen it a bunch of times. I never knew the history. Seen it. Yeah. Seen it. Yeah, I didn't know the history of it, though. Um, so it was a thriving business. Maury even started a large mail order operation for ranch equipment and, and supplies. Huh? And brides. Oh, He was basically Amazon before Amazon was a thing. In 1941, Maury's grandson joined the business and took on some of the work. All of a sudden, Maury had some free time to, like, make some friends and, like, you know, maybe go to parties. That's what that's what you do in Pueblo. That's yeah. pretty much it. Yeah, and maybe he, at those parties he might see some like hypnotist, uh, amateur, uh, taking people to astral planes type stuff. Okay, it's one of those parties. Okay, it's not a, it's not one of the other parties. So okay, that's right. Normal party. 
Maury went to a party once and saw one of his friends perform hypnotism on the other as some sort of, like, party trick. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Party tricks. Okay. That's not usually what I do. Right. For, yeah, party trick. <laughs> yes. I usually, like, yep. shotgun. I don't do one of those either. I should either shotgun a beer or, I don't know. I don't even know what my party trick is. Damn. I don't I have a party have trick. I a cigarette one. That was pretty cool. But it's, cigarette one? Yeah. You, like, lick your thumb, and you put the paper on there, and you hold it like this, and then you're just like, oh. Oh. And then oh, dang. Yeah, it's cool. But That is uh, cool. Magic. Maury was obsessed and impressed, and he wanted in. Maury spent... Tons of time reading everything he could find, and he practiced by hypnotizing his buddies from the country club just for the lols. And before he knew it, Money Maury was a hypnotist. <laughs> Maury, he used you his. You are not the father. You are not the father. You are the hypnotist, you though. You are the hypnotist. <laughs> he used his powers for good, though. So don't worry. He used it to cure headaches and other chronic illnesses. <laughs> apparently. <laughs> Okay, Maury. You're doing too much. Maury was really inspired by this guy, Edgar Case. Have you ever heard of that guy? You and the name drops. No, I was just about to say, like, drop name name drop. I've never heard of him either, but... What? Who? Edgar Case was a clairvoyant who was able to go into self-induced sleep state to channel a source and answer questions... (laughs) About the afterlife, past life, (laughs) healing, the future, Atlantis. This motherfucker. And reincarnation. He's literally just taking naps, waking up and just being like, yo. The clown has no penis. The clown has no penis. (laughs) (laughs) He's known as the sleeping prophet. That's like his little nickname. I don't like it. I thought it was cool. No, I don't like it. Sleeping prophet. Sleeping prophet. No, no. Ring, no ring to it. Some it ain't got no value. It's like you gotta think like you gotta have a name that they're gonna make a movie out of. The Sleeping Prophet <laughs> sounds like I'm gonna fall asleep. <laughs> That's a hot take with Jake. Hot takes with Jake. Some of the things he prophetized included that prophetized. included that there was five human races created and that they were made and set in random separate parts of the earth and that the red race was made in Atlantis, actually, and escaped when it sunk. The red race, which is also known as the Imperials? No. The Red Guard. Red Guard. So the yeah. red, we got the Red Guards. We got the Argonians. Mm-hmm. We got the Khajiits. Uh-huh. We got the fucking Imperials. We got the Nords. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, that's more than five. But and he also around. he also said that there was 12-foot-tall giants that were the results of ghosts breeding with animals. Hmm. Uh, Logic. So I think maybe Edgar Case was just kind of a racist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think that's I don't know that's a sleepy racist much weirder than racism like maybe <laughs> a drug addict Something. was this in Pueblo I don't he know about that I drug think addict. he was a traveler he was not in Pueblo if he was in Pueblo like, it's drugs <laughs> I don't know um, it's not really relevant to the story I just wanted to share because that was what Maury was inspired by he fucking loved that guy and he's kind of sounds Ooh, like this guy be out here living yeah, he's like, I want to be the next Edward Case. And everyone was like, right on, man. Because back in the day, that's how it was. You do it, man. You do it, man. Edward 
Uh, no, sorry. Maury bought a car from Mr. Tiggy in 1952, and he became a friend to both him and his wife, Virginia. Uh-oh. He told them all about his hypnotism party tricks. Virginia was super intrigued. Bet she was. I don't know if I would really be into that. I think I would be like, no. I literally told you not to go into the men's bathroom. That somehow intrigued you. Yeah. Enough. If you walked up to me and said, Cheers like... Later. If right, hey, I can hypnotize you. I'd be like, um, I'll pepper spray you. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. I, I don't know. I, but if I had a husband I already, could, and you walked up to me, and you said I could hypnotize you, uh, I would definitely pepper spray you. I could show you the world. Shining, shimmering, and splendid. Yes. So, I didn't know if that was the next verse or not. It was from Aladdin. Yeah. And then I would have pulled out my pocket watch. <gasps> thought you were going to say dick. Um, okay. I don't know if I would be into that, but Virginia was like, fuck yeah. Virginia was super excited and willing to participate in the hypnotism. It was really easy to get her into the, quote, hypnotic state. So Maury put her into deep trances six times over a period of ten months. Uh-huh. Maury uh-huh. knew she was a perfect candidate. On November 29th, 1952. What were they doing in those hypnotism sessions? Does it say? He was asking her questions about stuff. About what? It was age regression. So he would regress her. To to a baby? To a younger age. They eventually got back to baby. And that's when he asked her this. Hmm. Here's a picture of it. Oogoo gaga. Wah wah. Oh, help me, Jesus. Um, it does look like an exorcism. <laughs> help, help, dude. Uh, so, da, 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 yeah. On November 29th, 1952, Maury asked if he could regress her even further to see if she could remember anything from before birth. Mm. Virginia said, yeah, no problem. Don't worry about it, girl. That's fine. I love getting stuck in a K-hole. Fucking love it. So throw, Virgin- me a, throw me a starburst. I'll pop right out. <laughs> so Virginia laid down and listened to Maury. Just make sure you're lying back comfortably in a quiet area by yourself. Make sure anyone who's with you is also participating in the session. If I hear this, am I going to get hypnotized? No, because you're not laying back. Then, like, relaxing. Yeah, close your eyes. I would love you to start by taking three slow, relaxing I, I feel bad for stopping it because you seemed like you really liked yeah, that. I'm about to fall asleep, <laughs> damn it. Maury slowly regressed Virginia Good back. If you didn't, I'd be a fucking a puddle of something on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't know what to do. If I did hypnotize you, I would panic. <laughs> Fuck, who do I call for this? What do I do now? How do I make it Is stop? Is a 911 number for hip- false hypnotisms? Oh, my God. Yeah, they just give me the fucking, what is that, uh, smelling stuff? Like, wait, takes you out of the drug thing. Oh, Narcan? Narcan, they just give me Narcan. Oh. Just like, I'll wake up yes. from my hypnotism. What if I didn't even wake up? I'd be like, ooh, ooh, ooh. This is my life now. I just wanted to play that for you so you got, like, the kind of vibe. He was saying, I actually read the book. He said, back, 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 back. Until, oddly enough, you find yourself in some other scene in some other place, in some other time. And when I talk to you again, you will tell me about it. Maury waited. Silence. 
He gently prodded. Now you're going to tell me. No, you're going to tell me what scenes came to your mind. What did you see, Virginia? Me, Virginia. To, to his surprise, she started speaking. Holy fuck, I've never gotten this far before. I scratched that old paint off me, but I bet I did. Mori was like, what? So she was an Irish man? He waited a second and hesitantly asked. Uh, uh, uh what? You yeah. did what? It's the first time he's ever got a fucking response from anybody on this. Yeah, in a different oh, accent. Fuck, what? And Maury, I'm sorry, and Virginia in a deep Irish accent said, I scratched all the paint off my bed. Oh, I scratched it off my bed, Mike. It was just painted and it was made all pretty. It was a metal bed. Asshole. It was a metal bed and I scratched the paint off it. Dug my nails on every post and just ruined it. It was just terrible. It was terrible, was mate. Maury asked, why did you do that? I don't know. I was just mad. I got an awful spanking. He asked, what is your name? Bridie. He actually thought that she said Friday, so he continued calling her Friday for the rest of this session, which is kind of funny. That ain't my name, mate. He said, you don't have any other name? Uh, it's Bridie Murphy. And where do you live? I live in Cork. And what's the name of your mother? Kathleen, she said. He asked, and your father? Duncan Murphy. How old are you? Uh, four years old. Maury coaxed her to a few years later when she was eight. Come here now. Come on now, get up. Oh, he's not Irish. <laughs> I'm just projecting. <laughs> I want everybody to be Irish. I do now. now. I don't think I'm even doing a good job, but I just need you to understand the different voices so I don't have to keep saying he yeah. said. Um, and she went on to tell him about playing with her older brother, who was also named Duncan. That was her dad's name. She told him that she lived in Ireland. She described the wooden house that they lived in. It had two floors and a thatched roof. She told them about how one of her brothers died in infancy. Maury asked her what year it was. Earlier. Yeah, right. Maury, oh shit. Sorry, I just pressed the space bar. Fuck. Someone said a few too many white claws. Here it is, yeah. Yes. Maury asked her what year it was. She said it was 1806. In the year of the Lord, 1806. She told him her father was a baris... A, oh, this is going to be hard. A barista. A barista. <laughs> barista. A barista. It is. It's bay... Made coffee for a living. <laughs> no. B- B-A-R-I-R-I-S-T-E-R. Barista. It's an old-time word for lawyer that's, like, mostly dead now. She told him about a book called The Green Bag that she enjoyed. She told him about Lock Carlingford... <sighs> And how the lake, uh, she told him about Luck Carlingford and how the lake was there first, and then there was the town. Maury, uh, Maury looked into the, uh, Maury looked into her claims afterwards. He found the green bag, or he could not find the green bag anywhere. He had to actually reach out to somebody in 
Ireland who instantly knew what he was talking about. Oh. It was a really obscure book from the 19th century. The green book, the green bag. Oh yeah, mate. Oh that. yeah, we got that shit over here in fucking it's Cork. Fucking, fucking wild, mate. Basically, only in Cork. Um, he was also able to verify through the same source that the lake was there first, both, like you said, historically and geographically. So if you were riding up to the town, you would pass the lake and then go to the town. So he was kind of tripped out. Like, yo, I'm on to some here, people. Yeah. And the word. I can bar- do this for real. Right. And the word barrister. That was a word that was strictly. Wait, barrister. I spelled it barrister and then bar- barrister. I think it's barrister. Do a Google. It's probably barrister. Barrister. Yeah. Yay! Barrister. Barrister. Okay. Learn um, to pronounce. Yeah, we're trying. <laughs> right? Maury was struck. High chords. Maury was struck by the use of her word barrister because that was strictly from that region of Cork, Ireland. She also told him about her friends, Mary and Kevin, her priest, Father John, and how... And how long does this go on? It was several sessions. Oh, okay. The first session was... Yeah. So this is like the second session at this point. And how she grew up to marry a Catholic, even though she was a Protestant. Ooh. It's very scandalous. Scandalous. At this point, Maury challenged her to use some Irish words, thinking that if she was a fraud, if she had false memories, if she was a phony, she wouldn't be able to answer. But she did. It was weird shit, though. Like, I'm not going to lie. She was talking about something called a Colleen, which, like, I don't know. It's like a Karen. She's just mouthing off. Yeah. Fucking Colleen. And she was trying to think of the word for ghost, and she said mother socks. Yo, mother, mother, mother sucker. So I don't know if that your was mother, like... Yeah, mother liquor. Exactly. If that was like the word for like a curse or if that was the word for ghost. I don't know. Yeah, mother, mother liquor. And some other thing she also said was braid. And that's like... Could a, you learn to love me? That's like a tiny Irish cup you drink from and wish on. She also recited a prayer. It's called the shot glass, American. <laughs> oh, God. Um, the prayer goes as follows. Bless this house in the winter. Oh. Bless this house and all the weather. Bless this house and all the weather. Keep it gay and springy heather. Bless the children. Bless the food. Keep us happy, bright, and good. Oh. I think that's so cute. I hate the last part. And good. I mean, that's how you have to say it to make it rhyme. <laughs> and and, and she good. And she told them that they said that prayer before every meal, which is so cute. She also told him about how she went on to marry her husband. Like I said, Brian McCarthy was his name. She told them, she told him their sweet romance story. There was apparently a king that she was supposed to marry. This lady's off her rocker. Yeah, I'm royalty, bitch. She didn't love him, though. So she didn't want to marry him. Foolish. And Brian had saved her and whisked her away to safety, which was in Cork. Sure enough. Foolish. Sure enough, the King Ulster, the King of Ulster does have historical accounts of a beauty he sought after but never acquired. And Bridie said that Brian was a teacher at Queen's University. That struck a big no-no for Maury because he knew for a fact that Queen's University was a Protestant university. And remember that Brian was a Catholic. So they wouldn't hire that fool to work at there. 
Protestant University. So he knew that he had finally caught Bridie in a lie. And he tried to call her out on it. But she persisted. Look it up, mate. At a later date, he did. He did the research, and he found out that Queen's University exclusively did not bar teachers on a religious basis. And at a later session, Bridie even went on to tell him how she died. Ew. She said, I fell down. I fell down on the stairs, and it seems I broke some bones in my hip, too. And I was a terrible burden. She was 66 years old. She described how, unable to move, she withered away. Brian? At the bottom of the stairs? I hope that he moved her. Oh, oh, okay, okay. (laughs) I have no confirmation because he would be around the same age or older. I hope that he moved her. Literally, like, fell at the bottom of the stairs and, like, withered away at the bottom of the stairs because he didn't have the fucking help me button. No, and that could be true because he... Think about it. She's 66. Back in the day, he could be, like, fucking 76. You know, age gaps. Nobody cared. He could be too weak and feeble to move her, so I don't know if that's true, but... I'll throw a blanket on her. <laughs> Just over her head. <laughs> yeah. Hush. But she, she did say that Brian took good care of her, so I don't know if that was at the bottom of the stairs or if he moved her, but he did, like, feed her and shit. I'm gonna... And shit, and shit on her? No. Oh. Maybe he wiped her butt for her. Good at the bottom of the stairs. Could have been. Could have been. But I did also find out doing research for this that if you shatter your pelvis, it can sever arteries and cause internal bleeding. So that's probably what she actually died from. Probably Uh, didn't know that back then. (laughs) Yeah, no, they definitely didn't. didn't. Google. Yeah, so she would turn all red and purple, I bet, and he would just be like, it's ghosts. Better leave you at the bottom of the stairs then. Oh, shit, it's a purple, it's a blue, it's a blue. Would you like some cocaine? Or the indica weed. Bridie recalled that she died on a Sunday. She excitedly told Maury that she didn't go to purgatory like her priest, Father John, told her she would. He asked her, well, where did you go then? Uh Uh-oh. She said, I stayed right there in that house until Brian died. She described watching Brian bury her body and being happy that he followed her directions of not having a funeral so that nobody would be sad. Fuck. I better do exactly what you say when you die so you fucking... Imagine if I'm I awkwardly watched you. <laughs> fucking doing it. I'm cremating you right now. Nice spread, I'm spreading your ashes oh, in the river. Mm. I will. I will. And you could see Brian all the time. Uh-huh. Was Father John dead too? Oh, he died. I saw him. I saw him when he died. And then you talked to him. Yes. I see. Well, when Brian died, did he join you? No. He didn't? No. I didn't see him. He went to heaven. Oh, shit. Catholics. Way to go. I can't believe you caught on to that because it took me way longer to realize. No. (laughs) It took me way longer. I'm converting right now. I'll do what I got to do. I got to do the (laughs) up-downs. The up-downs? The up-downs. One of these. One of these. One of those. (laughs) Simon says. Hail Mary, full of grace. (laughs) Down at the hour of her death. Amen. Um, I watched him lots of times until Father John died, and then I left the house. Yo, can anybody be Catholic? Yeah, you just have to go and get baptized. I've already been baptized. I'm baptized. 
not not a Catholic baptism. But I think it's fine. I think you just have to go to church, Catholic church, then, and you have to confess. And as long as you go to confession, like you'll pretty much go to heaven, as long as you're caught up on all your sins. It's like deleting your browser history. You mean if you're caught up on all your sins? Like if you go to church, it's a Saturday usually that they have the confession. Oh, the worst! You go to church on a Saturday. Cuts in on the boys' time, and you do your confessional. And then you could not even go to church on Sunday. You could honestly not go to church ever again. But if okay. you died three Saturdays later and you didn't go to confessional and you sinned since three Saturdays before, uh-huh. you would go to hell because you hadn't confessed your sins. What? So you got to confess your sins or you'll go to hell. So That's why you got to do it every Saturday. We used to go every Wednesday and every Saturday because my parents were... sinning so much? Yeah. My grandparents and my, my dad, they were really concerned that we were going to go to hell. What if, you, right. what if you don't remember some of them? No, you'll still go to hell. What? You have to confess your what sins What if you to forgot Jesus. what you... I don't remember what I had for breakfast this morning. It's okay. basic stuff, babe. There's 10. There's only 10 of them. Oh. 10 commandments. So I just have to follow those? Yeah. If you break them, that's a sin. That's when you got to confess it. Okay. So and some of them... Nowhere in the 10 commandments, I think it says, but doing anything about... The drugs. I'm sure that's a sin somehow. I don't know how. Nope. That's the thing about Catholicism that made me Doesn't quit. Say smoke. You can't smoke weed. That's. I know for a fact that's not one of them. I don't know. See, I. I don't know. That's like the eleventh one that got scratched off by Moses. Right. Like, oh, fuck Moses no. was like, "Well, I seen a burning bush and I started talking." About well, it. I smoked that burning <laughs> bush. <laughs> that's coming off. Yeah. Well, that's part of the why this this captivated me and scared me because. I was raised Catholic, and I, I decided at a certain point in my life that was not for me. Man, that thing Garrett said really fucked you up. Huh? It did. That's why I didn't put a whole episode around it. What did Garrett say? What did he say? Garrett, our friend GB, he said to me, I've been wanting to kill myself for years, but I'm Catholic, so I can't. Because if you kill yourself, you, you go, go to purgatory, purgatory forever. And um, he said, I, I wanted to kill myself for years, but I can't because I was raised Catholic. So I've been just letting cigarettes and alcohol do it for me. <laughs> and I was like, same, Garrett. But I quit smoking cigarettes hey, in, April, in uh, May, pretty much May. Shout out to Garrett. We love GB. A, Shout out to not smoking cigarettes and not trying to kill yourself. But it is my nature. <laughs> it's, it's everybody's nature, actually. Yeah. No, I didn't see it. I watched him lots of times until Father John died. And then I left the house. He came to visit Brian, and I stayed. When you left the house, where did you go? Blew around for a little bit. I went home to cook. I saw my brother Duncan. He was still alive and so old. Side note. Bridie, by her own canon, hasn't seen him since she was about 20 and she left Ireland. Mm-hmm. So, at this point... So, how did she get back to court? Did she fly? I guess so. And at I this point, to to he's like 60, 70 years old. So that would be a huge transformation, right? Like you yeah. would be like, holy shit, he's so old. Thick, old mate. <laughs> Even though you're so old, you just died from breaking your hip, but whatever. Yeah. Um, you're not looking so good yourself. Right. And you stayed in the house there? Oh, I'm sorry. She didn't move. Uh, she moved to Belfast after she left Ireland. I forgot to say that. And you stayed in the house there? Yes, I stayed in Duncan's house. Did you ever let Duncan know that you were there? No. He wouldn't. He wouldn't answer me. I would stay there by the bed and talk, and he would never see me. He would never see you? Well, did he finally die? Yes, he died. And then did he join you? No. 
There were lots of people there I didn't know. I didn't see anybody I knew. Father John I saw. And I saw my little brother that died too. He talked to me, but he didn't know. Dang, so if you're Protestant, you're fucking just turning your ghost and everything. I had to tell him that I knew who he was. Time out. Side note. Because she probably wasn't baptized. If you want to go by that logic, which this story does technically go by, she doesn't know that it goes by that, which trips me out. Because earlier she said, I didn't go to purgatory like Father John said. And then she saw him in purgatory. So I don't know how that works. But she must have just not been baptized. Because by this logic, only her baby brother joined her. When so he was an infant, he died. just a ghost? You don't get to go to heaven or hell. Yeah, exactly. You're just Ooh, stuck. Too bad. Fucking... So he said, what was it like? Did you like where you were? Yes. Was it better than your life on earth? No. It wasn't full. I couldn't do all the things. I couldn't hold a glass. I couldn't accomplish anything, and I couldn't talk to anybody for very long. They'd go away. They didn't stay very long. At this point in the recording... Brady Can you sound. get baptized as a ghost? That's a great question. Be like, oh, hey, uh, where's the uh, priest? If you just me. show up to someone else's baptism yeah. and dunk yourself no, at the same time. Count. No, nope. That's like when you slip through the, at the subway when you didn't buy Ooh, a ticket. Yeah, the ghost police are actually coming after you. R.I.P.D. Yes! <laughs> You're welcome. That's so funny. At this point in the recording, Bridie sounded almost sad. It sounded, it seems like she was in purgatory all along and just didn't know, which we already covered. But at this point, I was going to reveal it to you. I didn't realize that you would catch on so fast. It took me this long. So fucking smart. It took me this long to figure it out. He asked, did you ever have any pain? No. Did you ever have to eat anything? No. Never ate, never sleep, never slept. I never got tired there. And tell me how you finally left that world. Oh, I left there. I was, I was born. I lived in America again. I was born in Iowa. Damn, conspiracy corner. Purgatory people are just born again. And then we go back to purgatory if we don't get baptized and... Do the whole up-down thingy. <sighs> Do the whole up-down thingy. <laughs> In Iowa? We're going to church on Saturday, okay? I don't know if there's any Catholic churches oh, here. there's so many. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, I'm also a brat because I went to St. Ignatius Church in Kingston, Pennsylvania. It was literally a cathedral. It had, like, gold leaf lining. Yeah, we're going there. Anyway. <laughs> yes, I was. Oh, he asked, in Iowa? Yes, I was. I, I just was. I don't know how it happens, but I just remember that suddenly I wasn't just in just a state and I was a baby. I don't know. It just seems like it just happened. Wait, is she still speaking Irish now? Yeah. Or, hmm. And well, then, she's a baby now. Well, this is she's regressed to before she was born. Okay. And then you don't remember and then you remember most things and then all of a sudden I just remember being a baby again one of these during one of these sessions one of these several sessions 
Bridie sneezed and she asked for a linen. Which like Here we go linen, mate. I've never heard anybody ask for linen in my life. That's something they only said in the eighteen hundreds. Fusha. Uh Fusha, can I get the linen please? Um, but the the script I just wrote you or I just read you was from Bridie's last hypnotism. At this point, Maury felt like she had told him everything she knew about her past life, even coming to this life. So he said, all right, now rest and relax. Clear your mind completely because you're coming back to the present time and place. You're coming back to the present time and place. Now you're very close. You're perfectly relaxed. You're perfectly comfortable. You feel very, very pleasant. Pleasant. A soothing, comfortable sensation. I shall start counting toward five. When I reach the count of five, you will awaken and feel fine. One, two, three, four, five. Jake just died. (laughs) (laughs) The regressions were published in three parts in the Denver Post. I'm going to show you one of them. Well, you don't have to read it because it's not very good quality, but check this out. Isn't that fucking cool? It's just like the most 1950s headline in picture. Mystery of Bridey Murphy. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And it's crazy, too, because... Virginia went on to be known more as Bridie than she was as Virginia. Like, if you Google Virginia Tiggy, it doesn't pop up. Name a fucking name. Yeah, but if you Google Bridie Murphy, it comes right up. Uh, The Strange Search for Bridie Murphy was a headline in the Denver Post in September of 1954. And then a follow-up about a birth... Oh. And then there was a follow-up about a birthday... Or wait, what did I... I wrote, there was a follow-up more about birthday article on 12.5. I have no idea what that means. There was a follow-up article published on December 5th. And then Warry published his book that I read for this case. Wait, so, I mean, did they ever find this trick? Brady Murphy? Um, we'll get to that. So, and then Maury published his book that I read for this case, which I found on Free Virtual Library. Um, Didn't pay for it. (laughs) So awesome. It's archive.org, y'all. It's so good. It's literally a free library. I rented it for an hour for free. It was awesome. It's called The Search for Bridie Murphy. He published it in January of 1956. But he did do Virginia the solid of letting her take a a pseudonym for the book. So she's called Ruth Simmons. It was a bestseller. Ah, you just fucking... She's... Okay. Yeah, she's already come out. No, she's already come out. It was a bestseller. It did 26 weeks on the New York Times bestseller list. It sold 200,000 copies in two months. It was published in 34 countries in 30 different languages. And it boosted the hypnosis book sales by 25%. And then there was a movie. Check this shit out. A movie? Yeah. I actually would be down to watch it, even though I bet it's super old school. But look at... Look at the fucking poster. It's on our Instagram if you guys want to see it. Weird. I bet it's so cheesy and good. <laughs> um, I would read you the actors and actresses, but I don't know any of them. And I'm not going to lie and pretend to you like I do. Um, And Bridie... 
Virginia Tiggy started the national trend. She was, quote, unquote, bigger than hula hooping. People started throwing Bridie Murphy parties where the theme was come as you were. And there were cute comics and jokes like one. Right. That sounds so fun. Um, but there was one where parents, the one comic where parents greet a newborn and say, welcome back. Okay. You're next birthday party. Come as you were. Bridie Murphy party. Yes. <laughs> and of course it started a huge debate about the afterlife and reincarnation. And I want to show you one thing because Virginia ended up going on a fucking game show. She was actually mostly very, very shy, but. Hi, I was saying it wrong. What? Which one is she? We'll find out. That looks like my grandma Isla. It's a weird fucking game show. It is weird. Which one do you think so far? Number two. Her accent is so cute. Her voice is so cute. I said that name wrong, too. Three is full of shit. Fuck you. She's just too smiley. Yeah, number two. Two and one seem legit. One answers questions really fast. So I think it's one. I think it's two. You were right! (laughs) Jake was right! This clip, we'll have a link to it in our show notes. We'll have a small sample on our Instagram. Jake knew it. Call me the fucking detective. Jake... Were you regressed by the hypnotism by accident enough to nah. know that which one was the real one? Nah, I just know. I think she did. She got the most votes, though. Yeah. She did a good job. She was answering them too fast. Sounded good. Oh, people are probably so mean to her all the time. She's a substitute teacher. <laughs> oh, wait, they're getting money? Hilarious. Um, I should have been a detective. Um, don't I'm actually really good at profiling people. Yeah, you are. Really good, mate. You are. Um, but also, doesn't it fucking make you sad how cool game shows used to be? Yeah. Like, that's the coolest game that show. That was a weird game show. I would watch that all the time. It's like a game show where they have three people. There's a paranormal story. They all answer questions about it, and you have to guess which one actually yeah. went through it's it. like Clue. It's so cool. <laughs> Colonel Mustard in the observatory with a candlestick. I wish we knew enough people to have that as our podcast, but I definitely only yeah. know like nine people total, so I could have three episodes. Um, that counts you and me. So. Reoccurring re- re- guests. Yeah. Are you scared, Jake? No. No? I'm enlightened. Yeah. That's what no. I said. I feel like this was a wholesome one. It definitely made me think. Yeah. About to go stick my hand in the nasty, slimy, dirty bowl yeah. of water at the fucking local Catholic church. I'm literally church. just gonna put a rubber glove on and do it. Do it just like blip. I feel like you should put it on your skin. Um, but uh, did you like it? It was good. It was. I, cause I don't know any of this. 
Me neither. And it's a, well, I know a little bit, but it's a Pueblo story too. Like this is the original Pueblo scary queen, which hopefully I will take that title one day. But this is the first woman to make people come to Pueblo for the reason of being scared for fun. You know? And I hate it. And I hate how excited you are about it. I am really excited. Is there any, is there any type of landmark or museum for this chick in Pueblo? I don't, not that I could find. Let's no, why don't you get a landmark done? That would be dope. But yeah, that's why I told you I wanted to wait to tell you if it was a confirmed like person in Ireland or not, because that kind of answered all of it. But apparently it was. Yeah, apparently it was. There should be. There should be. It's fucking cool. You can't start a petition for that, though, until we uh, get rid of the fucking... Christopher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're actually just here to get a mark to take Yeah. There was this girl who said that she was this other girl once, and she recalled before she was born. But your your thing's super important, too. It is really important. (laughs) It's way more important than my thing. But maybe after we're done with your thing, we could do my thing. In place of, holy shit, instead of the Christopher Columbus statue, we put up a Virginia Tighe statue. Yo, you're onto some. I, I think that's a great idea. It's right in front of the library, which is the Center for Knowledge. This is a woman who, like... If she stood, if she in 1952 went outside to her friends and she said, I know what I was in a past life, they would have sent her to the fucking loony bin. Which is also in Pueblo. Which is also in Pueblo. So maybe. She could have stayed local. Yeah. <laughs> but still, I'm saying that this is a big thing. Luckily, she had a nice man to like escort her into the wokeness, but mm-hmm. I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> okay, are you ready for some scary stories, Jake? Yes. Okay. This is from a user called Header on 4chan, the paranormal board. He said, let's get a nope thread going. I'll start. I don't know if you noticed, but in all the stories I read, I say nope like four times. Nope. Yeah. (laughs) It's become my life motto. B16. I was living in the backwoods of South Carolina I heard stories from the local kids of creepy stuff happening in the forest about two miles away from my new house. I decided to check it out. It can't be that scary, right? False. I grabbed my pistol, a knife, and a flashlight. How old is he? 16? 16. fucking gad already? What what year is this? Backwoods. Uh, 2013. I head out into the dense forest. It starts getting dark, and I turn on my flashlight. Heavy fog all of a sudden rolls in, bringing a smell of copper and burned hair. The hairs on the back of my neck start to stand on end. I start hearing whispers and giggles. I hear something running around in the woods near me. I hear it get louder. No. Closer. I turn around to see something crawling extremely fast, low to the ground, <laughs> on four legs, but it seemed to have arms and legs like a human. Oh. I fire a shot right into its back. Hell yeah, brother. And I can see splatter and gunshot. Hell wounds. yeah. Bla- take another one. Bla- bla- That's my dude right there. Anything <laughs> you don't know, you just pop, 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 pop. <laughs> it was a gun. This is actually what I did. I, I shouldn't. I shouldn't have read this story. Oh, fucked up. <laughs> I shouldn't you have know, read this story. I'm fucking, Jake's going to shoot the next person who jumps out and scares them at work. <laughs> <laughs> Look out. <laughs> you let out. You. It le- not me. I don't scare you for no, fun. Not you. 
You, the listener. You do, actually. Scare me for fun. No, I don't. Oh, yeah, I do. What's... I don't jump scare you. No. Not literally. Yeah, fucking... Just mentally. Pop, pop. I fire... Okay, it lets out a blood-curdling screech and retreats into the woods. Got him! The fog lifts and the smell suddenly goes away. That stanky-ass trash panda. Plop, plop. Nope, 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 nope. I beta max all the way home. I go- uh, beta to the max. Oh. He's not the alpha. Like, his tail would be tucked if he had a tail. <sighs> I, I get home, and there it is, right in my driveway. Shoot it again, bud! It, run- go, whoom, boom. it runs towards me, and I shoot at it. Hell yeah. But the bullet doesn't fire. Uh-oh. What? I'm, I'm guessing it was a dud. A blank. It jumps up, and all I can see is its huge white eyes. I black out and wake up on top of my dad's car with dad over me trying to wake me up. My head hurts like a bitch and my ears are ringing. I tell dad all about what happened in the woods and he just laughs. He tells me it was nothing. Bitch, I'm on the fucking roof of your car. Right? Okay, boomer. It was nothing. With my gun. All goes normal for about another three hours when my dad says, Hey, Jake. Mind getting me those steaks out of the fridge? I look at him and I say, Dad, my name is Chris, not Jake. He looks at me like he is full of hatred directed towards me. I give him the steaks and he just goes into his room with them. He comes out an hour later with just the packaging and throws it away. I didn't even think about asking. At 11 p.m., he tells me to go to bed. Shoot your dad. It's odd because it's a Friday, and he doesn't usually care about when I stay yeah, up. Yeah, motherfucker. It's a Friday. Yay. Fuck off, Dad. I'm 16. And I got a gun. And I got a gun. It's <laughs> <laughs> a terrible joke, but it's really funny. It's but as I do, but I do as I told, and I go into my room. With my gun. About 3.15, my door my opens. It's my dad. I say nothing. I pretend to be asleep. The smell of copper returns to the air, and I feel sick to my stomach. My dad sits on the edge of my bed and just looks at me for what I would say was 30 minutes. He then mumbles uh, some... pervert. He then remembers... <laughs> that's what it seems like. Plop, plop. He then mumbles something under his breath in a voice I didn't recognize. My voice... Call my blood ma. told... My blood turned cold. And I just laid there. And I grabbed my gun. Shut my dad. When he got up. That's what he's telling the judge right now. <laughs> Yo, this motherfucker was in my room. He sat staring there at me for three right. minutes. It's so weird. After the demon chased me. It was weird. He ate raw steaks. When he got up and left, my heart dropped. And I just laid there until morning. The next morning I wake up and my dad is asleep on his lazy boy recliner. And his nose is bleeding. From doing all the cocaine. I wake him up and I'm still spooked. I ask him about the blood and he has no idea where it came from. I ask him about the night before and he has... Colombian. It came from Colombia. Don't worry about it, son. It's just from Colombia. I ask him about the night before and he has no idea what I'm talking about. He doesn't remember waking me up. My heart drops. He says that it was still Friday. 
I know for a fact it was a Saturday, but he argues with me until I show him my phone with the date. At this point... Until I show my gun. At this point, we are both freaked. I've never ventured out into the woods since then, and nothing strange has happened since. Except sometimes, I will hear the front door open and shut a few times during the night. Kill your dad. <laughs> Done. There's no other solution. Your dad's the problem. I don't know what to tell you. Kill your dad. <laughs> I'm from Australia. I'll tell a- from the land down under. I'll tell a story about when I was on a road trip a few years back. I put a shrimp on the barbie. I decided on one night after drinking heavily to gather a few friends and fosters and go on a road trip from Sydney to Adelaide for the long weekend. Take a fucking extra weekend off down under. Get a catch a surf. I packed the van. I figure it'll be more than a day's trip, so we have to camp out for a night unless friends want to keep driving through the night. We leave fairly late in the day because we all underestimate how lazy we are. I get on the road around lunchtime, make good progress, flooring it on the highway. It starts to get quite late into the night, and we've all had a turn driving. My friend starts to feel really uneasy and carsick, which like same That's the booze. Same girl doesn't involve booze sometimes fuck it should (laughs) we will just pull over and camp for the night my friend gets increasingly sick throughout the night and starts throwing up constantly into plastic bags in the van no the fuck way am i sleeping in the van now my friend and my other mate set up filth put her outside disgusting we set up our swags which is kind of like a mini mini tent sleeping bag shit but for one person (laughs) and we sleep out in a rest and revive situation set up by like along the highway but with an eye shot of the van it was a beautiful night full moon and bright as shit and all the murdering creatures left us alone right swag is a flap you can open so you can see out the sky but with mesh to protect you from bugs and whatever actually sounds pretty cool yeah it does i decided to leave mine open i wish i had swag me too (laughs) me too and i decided to leave mine open to talk to my mate and watch the stars Eventually, I fall asleep with the flap still open. I wake up in the middle of the night due to something dropping onto slash hitting my face. <laughs> if, Someone's <laughs> say balls. It, say it, Jake. <laughs> Someone's teabagging him. It, feel, it feels warm. It smells horrible. <laughs> oh, I knew peeing it. On him. I start to fucking freak the fuck out, but I'm frozen with fear. Frozen with pee. What the fuck is going on? My eyes slowly adjust, and I can see the silhouette of something peering into my swag. <laughs> it does sound really funny. He's <laughs> trying to jack my swag, mate. I violently close my eyes, and I pray to fucking God that I don't die. I close my zipper. The swag, old, the swag shudders suddenly as if something climbed on top of it, but then the silhouette disappears i hear the van door open and then i hear running my sick friend rushes over to my swag and unzips it in hysterics are you a fucking k i fucking watched it the whole time where the fuck is aaron we both turn on our phone torches and we leg it over to his swag it looks as if it has been dragged a few meters and the pegs are ripped out of the ground 
He's literally fucking frozen and wide-eyed. He is whimpering. He's crying. We grab him and we drag him to the van and we lock the That's doors. Nice. We huddle on the floor with a bank with a blanket and for the next few hours until sun up. Yo, throw the vomit at him. It's three grown men cowering in fear. Which like same girl. The next morning we start the van and we just drive. We leave all of our shit there. We come to the nearest police station in Horsham. They tell the cops our story. They follow us back to where we were set up for the night, and sure enough, Aaron's swag had been dragged, a trail from where we first set it up. On the top of both of our swags is splattered in something. Jizz. It looks like spots of dried saliva on the mesh. <laughs> it smells awful like decayed meat. We pack our shit up and we leave back towards Adelaide. We have no fucking idea what happened that night. The cops think it was an animal of some sort. My friend Mark is adamant that whatever he saw outside the van was stooped over and moved erratically. A kangaroo. I have never camped again after that. Fuck Australia so hard. It's a kangaroo. Are you scared, Jake? Of a kangaroo? No, I'd punch it. <laughs> I am more scared of a kangaroo than I am, like, a demon, a though. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. 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 Thanks for listening. This has been a super fun episode of the Horror Comedy Podcast. I actually did have a really fun time. This episode fucking... I'm not gonna lie to you. This episode shook me. Because I'm, like, firm atheist McFucking-there's-no-god pants. And this whole situation where somebody remembers have being... have been talking about this quite a bit in the last yes. couple days. Yes. Yes, and this whole situation where somebody remembers before they were born, and basically it confirms Catholicism, which is the religion I was grown up in, like, that shook me, because I was like, that's not real, but then I was like, this person says it's real. I don't know. One crackpot from the fucking 1950s said it was real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not going to change shit, but I'm just saying, Jake, maybe you're not scared, but I'm a little shook. Stay woke, people. Stay woke. Hot Stay woke. Takes. If you have any scary stories, please send it to us at thehorrorcomedypodcast at gmail.com. If you have any episode ideas or anything you want me to cover, please send it to us at thehorrorcomedypodcast.com, thehorrorcomedypodcast at gmail.com, or THC Podcast on Instagram. Don't forget to drink water. Mom and Dad love you so much. We will see you Wednesday for a mini episode. Goodbye. Bye.